Whew, the Ravens just ruining Christmas for 49ers fans out there. An ugly one, 33-19 Ravens defeat the San Francisco 49ers. Monday Night Football Christmas, how did it happen? We will give out some game balls. And did Brock Purdy, maybe Christian McCaffrey, both lose the MVP in this game as well as the 49ers losing the game. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there, especially those hanging with us late night here on Christmas night. I hope uh, the rest of your Christmas was a lot better than uh, the last three hours was leading up to the end of that 49ers Ravens football game. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Twenty? No, thirty-three. Excuse me, nineteen. Croc, the Ravens defeating the San Francisco 49ers. Count them four. Interceptions from Brock Purdy. One more thrown in over the top from Sam Darnold at the end to seal it in what was a pretty ugly game. The 49ers thoroughly beaten, not only in the turnover margins, but everywhere in that football game, Crop. Uh, not an ideal win and you know, or lose loss, excuse me. You know, you're heading into this game, you think that you know you're ready to go. It's a big time matchup, and you look at the Baltimore Ravens, just really the way they're built. Uh, it felt like a game that should kind of favor the 49ers and you know the, the Vegas odds said that as well but right away you saw that it was going to be a little bit more challenging than not than we expected because this is a good team number one team in the AFC by the way even heading into this game but I think just corralling Lamar or the pressure that Lamar puts on a defense on a play-to-play basis and then in turn kind of what that does to the offense and the pressure it puts on the offense to be a little bit better uh the 49ers weren't up for the challenge uh, with that. And I think that was something that I wasn't quite expecting to see. Logan in the chat says, I'm going to need a therapy session. Yeah. I think that might be what the next couple of days are about and, and maybe a little bit of today, but we got to pull the bandaid off here and, and break down what we saw in this football game. Um, Brock was not good. Let's start there. Croc Brock Purdy was not sharp at all. Uh, he was not good in this football game. I don't know. Four interceptions, though, I think is going to be the headline. I don't think that tells the entire story of how Brock just by himself played. He was put under pressure. The 49ers lost both lines of scrimmage in this game. Um, He was not necessarily helped by his receivers. One throw to Sneed, which was a good throw that turned into not a good throw because Sneed wasn't ready to catch the football, uh, even though that was a tight window throw that Brock Purdy, you know, makes and is expected to make Uh, multiple batted balls that turned over turned into interceptions uh so luck not on his side uh, along with him not playing well it's not to say he played a good football game at all but he wasn't four interceptions bad he was one and a half interceptions bad and the the rest of the 49ers offense and, and really defense didn't put uh them in the position to come back from the deficit of when you do turn the ball over there's not many times when you when you turn the ball over five times in a football game, five interceptions, four interceptions, even before garbage time, Sam Darnold, uh, there's not many 
times you can overcome that, and you're definitely not going to overcome that against a really good football team like the Baltimore Ravens. 49ers did not make plays. The the Baltimore Ravens did make plays. They capitalized on the balls that were tipped up in the air, and uh, it was just – it was it was everywhere. It was every bit of the game that the 49ers lost. You know, I think when you think about Brock Purdy, and like you said, the the conversation is definitely going to be surrounding the interceptions, but even more so or deeper than the interceptions to me, it's more so about how he has played in those like pressure packed situations so far throughout this year. And again, we can talk about the you know the Cleveland Browns game. I did not think he played necessarily well in that game. Uh, you go to the next week, and there's the Minnesota Vikings. And I thought for most of the Minnesota Vikings game, he actually did play well. But then when it got tight at the end, and it's like, all right, we kind of need you to make some plays, boom, you turn the ball over multiple times. But you were, we found out, later concussed. Fast forward to next week against Cincinnati. Defense not playing well. All right, Brock, you're doing some really good things throughout most of this game. It comes down to a time where it's a little tight, a little bit more pressure packed. Let's make some plays and make some throws, Brock. And then he turns it over multiple times, two interceptions, and then almost a, a third interception, which got called back, but then a fumble. And then now we see another situation where he turns the ball over early in the game. Uh, definitely does not help the offense, but you're like, all right, you know, he, he'll bounce back. He'll make the throws that we consistently see him throw, uh, make, which he he did at points, but then the turnovers just kept biting him in the butt. So uh, it still continues to feel like in that specific scenario, I think he gets a little tight, which most people do under pressure. You, you get a little tight, but that ha- that has been to me the kind of the biggest downfall of the 49ers in those losses where when now it's like, all right, so quarterback, you don't want to put everything on him, but we need you to be the one to kind of lead us. And instead of Brock leading us out of it, I saw everybody complaining about not running the ball more, which again continues to kind of tell us who you really feel the MVP is, which is probably more Christian McCaffrey than being able to put the game on your quarterback's shoulders. As uh, Distortion Productions puts it in the chat, Brock usually never late. That first interception was bad. Uh, you know, there was no route to keep the the other safety, which was uh, Hamilton. Yeah, I want to hear you talk about that because and clearly he was late, but the middle of the field was open. Uh, shout out to QB school. JTO Sullivan, it looks like he's in the chat. He says, damn, what I missed? What, what the F happened? Uh, man, uh, I can't wait for the, I hope, what, two Two plus hour version of uh, the QB school. I'm expecting that on Tuesday. Uh, we'll of the breakdown of, of Brock Purley. This one. That's going to be the Patreon one. You guys probably won't get the full. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the YouTube channel. But, Subscribe uh, to QB School and check out the Patreon as well. That one might be a, a three hour Patreon version of uh, the Brock Purley breakdown. Yeah. I am subscribed to that. But let's talk about the the Sam Darnold touchdown pass. Right, Sam Darnold threw a touchdown on what looked to be like a, a post or a band aid or something like over the middle, uh, and he hit the guy, and it's, it's like wide open, right? And the thing that I initially noticed was they had a route that held the safety. It was number 84. Can't think of his name right now. Uh, Conley, Chris Conley. Conley. He ran a corner route, which now held the too high safety to that side. So now you have a window to throw to over the middle. On Brock's first interception, if you look at the route concepts there, they're kind of shallow. So you have a too high defense, and there's nothing to either hold the safety or pull the safety away because they are the shorter routes to that side. So now he's like, all right, now short routes, these guys got that handle. Let me look at the quarterback and see if I can lurk. And that's where the now backside safety is able to rob that. Now, now who do you 
put the blame on? Do you put the blame on? Do you put the blame on Kyle Shanahan for dialing up a play that's not holding a backside safety, or do you put the blame on Brock Purdy for not recognizing that the backside safety isn't being held? So uh, maybe maybe they're you know equally to blame, and maybe QB school, Mr. J.T. Sullivan can break that down a little bit more in depth. But for me, that backside safety was never held, held so you should not be throwing that ball, especially floating yeah. it over. Yeah, you can't throw it. And it was what the, the third read maybe on that route. And uh, once you get there and you're late and there's nobody holding that backside safety, then, you know, that's when bad things happen. And Brock hasn't been late a lot. And I agree with the the commenter in the chat. And uh, he was in this game and that wasn't the only time he was. So so Brock definitely not sharp at all. The the headline will be the four interceptions. I don't think it's all on Brock Purdy, but it, that's the easy analysis, and, and that's what it's going to end up looking like in this game. But man, the 49ers were beat in a lot of ways. And you mentioned 84, Chris Conley, and you're you know, like you're almost like, oh yeah, because you forget he's on the team because he doesn't show up a lot. We had 83, Willie Sneed in the game. We had we had a Ben Barch sighting. We had uh Spencer Burford playing right tackle at the end. Three fifths of the offensive line was different by the end of the game. There, uh, there, there was uh, there was a lot weird about that football game. And uh, it, it, I, I don't know if you agree with this, Croc, but this might be one of those where it's like I don't know what we can even learn from this. We were bad. Let's throw the tape away and and start over next week. Go to Washington, beat the heck out of them, and clinch this thing by week eighteen. That, that's what you would hope. But again, for, for me, and again, you can clinch it and everything. The expectations for this team, and we've talked about this a lot, and, and what they're this is a terrific team, of course. And at, by no means should anyone be hitting the panic button. But there's certain adversity that we've asked this team to be able to overcome. And I thought this was a great opportunity to do that. You're, you're playing against another terrific team. You're down four at halftime after turning the ball over three times in the first half. Like I think that's a great position to be in. And you get the ball after halftime. And you get nothing. And then you turn the ball over again. And, you know, I think to end up being that team that they, they'll still be the Super Bowl favorites, but to have that confidence that, okay, no, this is a Super Bowl ready team. You got to be able to overcome some of this kind of adversity when it is good on good, when it's not going your way. And they kind of shriveled under that, that pressure. In, in my opinion, really on both sides of the ball, especially late. I mean, there's just a missed tackles in the open field. I understand it's Lamar Jackson, but Missed tackles, um, you know, it started to look like, are these blown assignments or is this Lamar Jackson putting a lot of pressure on the defense? And all of a sudden now you got Lamar where he's buying time and then is he going to run? Guys kind of leaving the area. Now you hit Gus Edwards who doesn't catch passes running up the sideline. Like, you know, what part is it? So that's the other tough part that I think some people don't think about. When you are playing another guy that's dangerous on the other side of the field, the pressure he puts on your defense. So now you can't have those four or five turnovers that the 49ers have in this game. Yeah, we got to get more into Lamar. Did Lamar go and and not only steal a win from the 49ers, did did not only did the, the Grinch steal Christmas, did he st- steal the MVP award away as well? And we do have some game balls, I think, to give out in this one next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action than right now. And you know what? When you wake up tomorrow morning, those odds are going to be a little bit better for Brock Purdy MVP. If you still want to go there for the 49ers to uh, win the Super Bowl, it might be just a hair better after what they put on film for everyone to see 
on Christmas evening. Uh, the app is super easy to use. Love building my own parlays. Wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, NFL, college football playoffs coming up. Uh, you've got, of course, NBA and NHL every day as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in style or the, the end of the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Did Lamar Jackson just win the MVP, Crock? No, I'll say no. He did not win it, but I would say that he definitely improved his odds. I was watching the game. You know, I got my brother here, and he's kind of woofing the whole time. But to me, it felt like, and I'm pretty sure most 49er fans can attest to this, that the best player on the field was Lamar Jackson. And even though it didn't feel like he had, like, the best of weapons, I mean, to be able to offensively put up this type of performance against a team when you're really outmanned, kind of on both sides of the ball. I think that speaks volumes to what he means to his team and what it looks like for a player who truly takes over a game. Lamar is not fun to defend against. I I can't imagine what that's like for a defender. You see Fred Warner and uh, you know, he's bearing down on him. And then Lamar says, you know what? Uh, I might've looked like I wasn't running that fast. Hold on. This is how fast I actually am. Whoop. And then he's gone. And, uh, that that is so difficult to defend against him. It's it's difficult to stay in your rush lanes all game long and not try to go after him. And then you whiff, and now you're wide open on the left side for him to scramble around and make a play with his legs, make a play with his arms. And I, I can't point the DBs either, Croc, because you can't cover five plus seconds in the NFL once a guy like that gets loose. Did, did you see the touchdown pass? I want to say it was Nelson Aguilar, and it was our you know Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett, he's in coverage, and someone immediately tweeted me, and he's like, Croc, Jason Verrett, trash. And I'm like, are we blaming Verrett for a play where he had to cover for six seconds? And First Daniel, play of the year? <laughs> Daniel guard like three different routes in one. Like he was initially had good coverage. It was a motion to a bunch left. He did a good job of being able to uh, filter through that, attached to the receiver in route. He ran an out route. He was all over that. He went up. He was all over that. But then when he came back to the ball, I was like, all right, how how long do I have to cover? And that's extremely difficult. So, again, that is not an ideal outcome for the 49ers, but that just shows kind of the level of pressure that Lamar really put on the 49ers defense throughout this game. Uh, yeah, L- Lamar Jackson will, and our probably already is, checking FanDuel, uh, the the leader for uh, for MVP odds right now and, and and he should be after that game he, he was the best player on the field he he uh he came to the 49ers house but what i will say is he's the leader it's not over and uh i think the lesson about all of this and, and we'll talk a little bit more about some players and try to give out some game balls uh the lesson about all of this isn't um this team is what we just saw and that's it right because last week it was a different guy who was MVP. It was it was Dak, and then it was Brock, and then it was Christian McCaffrey. And in this game, it's like, okay, Brock Purdy, can he show everybody he's the MVP? And then a couple of interceptions happened. Christian McCaffrey sh- scores a touchdown. What did everybody say on Twitter live? Oh, Christian McCaffrey's the MVP. Then what happens? Lamar Jackson starts to get hot and does the things. And then what did everybody say? Oh, it's, it's Lamar Jackson. Is that how quickly it changed? One quarter, right? One quarter changes the 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 direction of the entire voting populace for for this award. And so I know 49ers fans, just because they have a couple of candidates have been really worked up about the MVP stuff and talking about it a lot. But 
uh, you, you just have to sit back and wait, and, and it's going to be different next week. You think you know how a team is going to play, how a team is playing currently, and, and that's going to change. The 49ers were the best team in the league for five weeks. They had a little skid, and then they came back, and guess what? They were the best team in the league again, and, and Brock Purdy is playing at an MVP level, and they had a bad game tonight in front of the world, in front of everybody watching on Christmas night, Monday night football, primetime game. Brock played bad. The 49ers were bad. Lamar was good. Everyone's going to remember that. For how long, Croc? One week until next week. If Lamar plays bad and Brock plays good, it's going to be a different story all over again. And the 49ers just have to remember, hey, we lost some games. Things got a little bit weird. We turned it around and we fixed it. And we were the best team in the league again. And so they just have to do that. And we're getting close to January. they got a couple of weeks. One seed. Get some needed rest and then go hit it hard. But you can't lay eggs like this in January. Did I hear you just say that now you believe that Lamar Jackson is the leader for MVP now? I do believe so. I believe if if it was voted on tonight, as we're recording here Monday night, Christmas night, Lamar Jackson would win MVP. It is not voted on today, though. It is not voted on today. And I think you'll, when we read our comments, probably we're recording right now, Sunday or Monday evening, but when we read our comments in the morning, Tuesday morning, there might be some uh, hate messages towards you. And you'll probably be a Brock hater and all that stuff. But (laughs) I will say this. It felt different watching that. Like, we've watched Brock throughout this year, and he has been terrific. He's been lights out. I mean, there's a reason why he's number one statistical, you know, every category dang near and every passing uh, measure that you can put out there, and he's doing a terrific job. But when you're talking about MVP, it did feel different watching Lamar and what he did for his team than really kind of anything I've seen from Brock throughout games. Like with Brock, it looks like, man, this guy's playing lights out. He's playing very well. When I watch when I watch Lamar tonight, it looked like that looks like an, an MVP to me. Like the way that and his numbers weren't eye popping, but just every single play, it was just the pressure he put on his team. They, they have the best record in the NFL now. And you would take every one of your players for the most part, all your skill position players and most of your defense over anything that Baltimore has. But he just showed you like that stuff doesn't matter when you're, when you are me, like that's what it looked like to me. It was kind of tough watching it because I'm like, man, that's dude's he's different. It, it, he is different, but I would say that didn't really start to happen until, you know, late second quarter into the third quarter of the game, because when he's out here running around, looking like uh, a chicken with his head cut off in the end zone and tripping over the ref and, and getting safeties and the score was five to three. Lamar Jackson didn't look like an MVP either then, you know what I mean? So, um, but the 49ers allowed that to happen and they allowed the Ravens to start to control the game by turning it over, continually giving them the ball defense is staying on the field a long time. Uh, and then now you're, you're, then you're breaking contained. The, the, the two most backbreaking plays in this game were when, Chase Young uh, didn't keep contained with his rush on the right side of the 49ers defense and passed up Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson took off on the left. One was a third and 16. He ended up scrambling. It's the one where he made Fred Warner fall over, ended up scrambling. Those are the backbreakers, right? Those third and longs where you can't get off the field and he keeps the drive alive for the Baltimore Ravens. And then they go score instead of punting back to you. Um, when uh, and then the other one was the, the the Aguilar touchdown, where again the he broke contain on the left side, had all kinds of time, allowed Aguilar to run f- four routes in one, and then eventually found him and threw a touchdown pass. So uh, you got to be really, really, um, 
what's the word? You have to be you have to be sound in everything you do against a quarterback like that because of what he's able to do with his legs and what he can create running around and then what he can create in the passing game by by creating some space and creating some time to make a throw. We've seen Brock Purdy do some of those things as well. And props to the Ravens for doing a really good job of corralling Brock Purdy. Even when Brock Purdy would start to get away, there'd be another wave of defenders and someone else would come and hit him. And he ended up getting hurt himself and and, uh, aggravated that stinger that he got last week. So um, those are all things that, uh, that, the, the Ravens were just better at and and they beat the 49ers in so many ways. And that's why I keep coming back to the headline is going to be Brock Purdy four interceptions. That doesn't tell the story of why the 49ers were beaten this game. Well, the, the turnovers were a big part of it, but it wasn't like, oh, Brock bad, Niners lose. That's not what happened in this game. Yeah, I think a lot of people will talk about the, the four interceptions. I obviously got my ear to the ground looking on social media, what everybody's saying on Twitter and I feel like there were a lot of excuses being made for the interceptions. And this is not me dogging Brock at, at all, but there's some things that he did that resulted in interceptions that he has gotten away with that you're really not supposed to do. I remember a few weeks ago, I was watching him and he kind of rolled out right and he threw the ball across the field to uh, Debo, across his body to Debo over the middle. He caught it, then like ran to like the one yard line or something like that. And I was thinking, like, you're not supposed to do that, but that's great. He got away with it. Awesome. Well, Tried that in this game, rolled out to his right, tried to throw across his body, his tight coverage on George Kittle. You got a DB there trying to get his hand in there. Ball pops up, it's intercepting. Oh, unlucky. You got tipped. I'm like, well, you're not, you're, you're not supposed to do that. You can't throw late and over the middle and across mm-hmm. your body. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Jake Till Sullivan, when he does his breakdown, he'll tell you that's not something you're supposed to do. Yeah. And that was you, interception the, the screen, two was that in this one. The, the screenplay interception. You know, a lot of people, oh, well, that's just a great play by the defender. This is not me defending Trey Lance at all. But I do remember in the preseason when he threw an interception on a screenplay that was a great job by the defender. What did everybody say? Oh, it can't happen. You, you got to, you know, pump and then go across it around his body or you have to get him off. You have to throw it different. You got to change your platform. He threw a ball, got tipped in the air. Somebody made a diving catch. They said, bad job by Trey. Well, in this game, that, that happened. It was a screen. He threw it. Uh, the DB, Stevens, which he threw it right at him, jumped up, tipped the ball in the air. Somebody makes a play. So I think those are things that when we talk about the outcome of this game, and those aren't things I feel like we're going to see on a consistent basis from Brock Purdy. But those plays definitely were backbreaking, a lot of them, and ultimately re- resulted in a loss by the 49ers or the game getting away from the 49ers and then having to play a game that they aren't really built for. Late in the game, they were – kind of huddling up still. It's like, you're down 21. You're huddling <laughs> still calling plays. Go fast. But not built to play from behind like that, and they don't have a true drop-back passing game. So, you know, those interceptions, which whoever you want to put it on, was definitely not ideal for the way that the 49ers want to play football. Yep, yeah. And uh, and clearly, I'm not saying Brock Purdy doesn't deserve uh, blame. He, he did not play good at all. But it's, it's too – it's lazy. It's too easy of a headline to say, Lamar good. Ravens win, MVP, Brock bad, 49ers lose. That's what the headline, that's the easy analysis. Um, Those were both parts of it, but the 49ers were beaten a lot of ways. They were, I think, out-schemed. The the Ravens played better. They made plays, and the 49ers did not, and they were beat up front. We got to move along. uh, Real quick, one thing. My brother was like, that that interception to Debo, there was an RPO, not so much a screen, but there was a corner coming high. He tried to throw the pass over him. He got tipped in the air. 
sent it. So uh, Brock did have a really nice play learning from that later on the, the throw to Chris McCaffrey, where he he had a guy at his face and then moved over and then found that little window to be able to throw that pass. And so that was that was a nice uh, play from Brock Purdy there. It wasn't all bad, but it was a lot bad from the 49ers in this one. Uh, can we give out some game balls? Are there game balls to be given out? We'll get to that next. Today's episode of Locked Out 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when it's time to buy tickets for your next big event, whether it's a 49ers playoff game upcoming or uh, music comedy, theater events, whatever it is near you, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of those events. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, you get to see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you're getting, and I love the all-in prices. It shows your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without those hidden fees, which is the worst part for me when I'm buying tickets to any big event, is those hidden fees, all-in pricing, at game time so buy those tickets in just a couple of taps it's on the app you don't have to go fishing through your email to find the app when you do get to your event and take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so uh, that was an ugly one. Um, uh, not a good way for the for 49ers fans out there to end their Christmas. Uh, I will say, though, this is sort of the therapy portion of it. Uh, the 49ers are going to come back. They're going to beat the heck out of Washington next week. They're going to have some rest, and they're going to look like the team they looked like after the first round by when they get that one seed. They're going to look a lot like the team that we saw all of a sudden look like the best team in the NFL again. Uh, they'll probably look like that next week when they had a bye week and then beat the pants off the Jaguars, the Seahawks twice, the Eagles, right? And that's where the 49ers are going to be heading into the first week of the playoffs. So um, it's one loss. It happens. We've seen it. I know it hurts. It's a rough way to end your Christmas, but uh, go uh, go enjoy your family after you listen to this podcast. Go, uh, go, go uh, remember all the great gifts you had, all the great times you had on Christmas, and don't dwell on this football game. There's going to be one next week, and the 49ers are a really good football team, probably still the best team in the league. On this night, they were not that. Do you have any game balls to give out, Croc, from that team that was not that on this evening? Christian McCaffrey. You know, he kind of tried to carry the 49ers to victory. Obviously, the game started to get away, and I think that kind of limited his touching touches. And I think early on, too, I saw a lot of people complaining about not enough runs, not enough runs. Uh, I've already said my thoughts on that in the past when the 49ers put the ball in Brock's hands to make plays. But uh, Christian McCaffrey did a terrific job of – you know, using his blocking, good vision, springing off some big runs, averaged like seven yards per carry in a game where he was kind of limited with his touches. So definitely have to give a game ball to him. And the left side of the offensive line pre-Trent uh, Williams uh, injury. Yeah, a lot of big plays happening over there. A lot of big plays happening all year long on the left side of the offensive line. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, 14 carries. For 103 and a touchdown, that's 7.4 yards per carry. They had to get away from the run late to try to come back. And, you know, he did catch six passes out of the backfield for, for nothing much, 28 yards there. Uh, I'm going to go with George Kittle, who set the tone. Like this game, uh, this game just uh, up until right before half and even into halftime, the third quarter is really when it got away from the 49ers. But um, 
man, the, the 49ers are right there. They just needed a play. They needed that momentum. And it was the tipped interception. It was the, you know, the big plays going the other way for the Baltimore Ravens. The 49ers weren't getting those, those big plays and finishing it off. You know, the, the red zone interception from Brock Purdy, that was the real killer. That first one, you get up early, then you have a lead and then you're, 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 you're those, those 49ers that we see so often. Um, and George Kittle was a part of that where the, the 49ers were putting up yards. They just weren't putting up points early in the game. And that really killed them. And the turnovers were a big reason why, but George Kittle, seven for 126 in this game big catch and run um blocking his butt off as he always does uh george kittle gets a game ball for me definitely he played well you know uh right after catch it was there i thought throughout the the game he did a terrific job of you know figuring out ways to create separation uh made some big plays there i take debo samuel uh he almost kind of hospitable <laughs> and somehow just bounced off the guy i, I, I was and i said that that's why you lift weights right there and also he's kind of just born a little different being like 225 now receiver but uh terrific job. i don't know if we give him quite a game ball he had four catches on 12 targets but you know made a few impactful plays there was a play late in that game where he caught the ball like four or five yards short of the first down with nothing but ravens around him and somehow he figured out a way to pick up a first down so i'm not sure i give him a game ball but that was terrific effort by debo samuel that is it's the first thing I thought of when I saw him make that play. I was like, okay, good. I have a reason to give somebody a game ball in this game because there wasn't that many game balls that were pretty obvious. And uh, yeah, at Debo, I just love seeing that. Him bounce off. It's like, oh no, he's going to get lit up. It's like, oh, never mind. He's on his feet. He's actually going to gain some more yards after that hit. Uh, I mean, that's, that's just classic Debo. When you talk about someone being built different, Debo Samuel's built different. And that's a, a perfect play to uh, to illustrate that. Did, did you think they... I saw some talk that the 49ers kind of gave up a little bit, especially defensively at the end of the game. Do you feel like maybe it's just they they just played a lot of plays and they were kind of dragging ass a little bit? Did it feel like they were just like, ah, we're, we're kind of done in this one? I think they're still kind of missing Eric Armstead in the middle of that defense right now. You, you still feel that. I felt like I felt it last week when they gave up 280-something rushing yards. And I felt it late in this game where you kind of you need some stops and guys are kind of just pushing up there. Obviously, again, it's a little different because of the assignment sound that you have to be when you have the threat of the run with Lamar Jackson as well. But giving up some late runs, that's not something that you know I really expected to see uh, from this team. So missing some guys, I think Eric Armstead, you need him back. 49ers now 11 and four. They go to Washington. They finish up at home against the Los Angeles Rams. They win those two games. Doesn't matter what else happens uh, in the rest of the, the, the NFC. They will have a first round playoff by and they will have the one seed, but still some work to do for the 49ers and some things to remind you, Hey, it's time to, uh, to clean some things up and look um, the, and, and the, somebody in the chat said, how can you talk about the 49ers still being the best team in the league? They just lost to the Ravens. And it's like, yeah, the Ravens won this game, but you think they play, they played a hundred times. You think the Ravens are going to go hundred and no against the 49ers. No, that's not the way it goes in the NFL play again next week. And it's a completely different story. It's a completely different game. Balls bounce a little bit different ways. The, the Ravens are a team that lost to the Steelers, who are a trash team earlier on this, this year, right? They lost to the Colts. They, they lost to the Browns. Um, they're a team that, uh, that was taken to overtime uh, by the um, – was it the, the Rams that took them to overtime a couple of weeks ago, right? And so, look, every team in the NFL can lose a game. There's so much parity in the league. The Ravens were the better team tonight. They beat the, the pants off the 49ers, absolutely. Uh, if they see each other again, say in February, do I think the the outcome is going to be exactly the same? Uh, no, I don't. Do not think that the outcome is going to be exactly the same. But the 49ers absolutely have to learn from this. There's some things they have to clean up because if they play like this in the playoffs, they can lose to anybody in that tournament. 
And it just goes to show you, you gotta be, you gotta be on it every single week to roll through those playoffs and, and, uh, and hoist that Lombardi. Um, Parting thoughts, Croc. Any other game balls you want to give before we get out of here? Uh, I say I take away a game ball from the defense. You know, you, this is a tall task, and, and we knew that. And I thought the tackling, for the most part, was pretty terrible. Uh, multiple missed tackle opportunities, not plastering to, uh, you know, running backs, letting them leak out and get more yardage. You had, you know, Lamar Jackson, where I mean, not only did it break off Fred Warner in the open field. I know it's tough. We're talking about Lamar Jackson in the open field, but yeah. it broke off Fred Warner. And then when he made Fred, Fred Warner miss, somehow, some way, he also broke off Jair Brown, who was like 10 yards away from him. <laughs> he did, yeah. I thought the tackling was pretty poor uh, from the 49ers. So uh, the good thing with the 49ers, if you want to have some like silver lining, I do not think we'll see another game where Brock Purdy throws three first-half interceptions, right, uh, or four interceptions overall. I think Brock is better than that, and I think more times now he's going to play much better than that. Uh, uh, I don't think that the defense, who has kind of been, not been very great tackling as of late, but I assume that they will get a little bit better at that. So this is a really good team, a really tough loss at home in front of everybody. Everybody's watching this game. Uh, but they'll bounce back over the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate everybody. Hope you had a happy holiday. I'm still uh, on vacation here at the in-laws. Croc, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can tell he's at his palace right now uh, doing the Christmas thing. There's a grand piano just off screen you can't see. Uh, appreciate everybody out there. Hope you all had a great holiday. Don't dwell on this 49ers loss too much because they're going to come back and uh, and spank some folks here in the, in the coming weeks, and, and you'll feel a lot better about things. So enjoy the family. I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday. Croc and I back tomorrow to break more of this game down to uh break down everything that is your san francisco 49ers we got winky wednesdays and then it's on to the next opponent in washington as well talk to you then right here locked on 49ers